0: You're listening to The Greek's Gridiron. Now here's your host, Ethan Hurstaduloo. Welcome back, everybody, to the Greeks Gridiron. I'm Ethan Hurstaduloo, and today, back again. This time, we're focusing on the Minnesota Vikings and some free agency discussion. They're sitting on about 37 million dollars in cap space to work with. They've got some players worth resigning, some targets that I would like and/or expect to see them go after in free agency. So I invite you, Vikings fans, to all do the same. Comment down below. I want to hear your thoughts on free agency for the Vikings. Who do you want to see him resign? Who would you like to see him go after? What are your thoughts and opinions on who I brought up to discuss? Now, and I should preface, this is not the most important things by any means. There are some mixed in there, but this is just a mix of things as far as importance, just guys that I think are worth bringing back, and just what I would expect or wouldn't be surprised to see, that kind of stuff. But diving in, we'll start with the re-signings first. First guy that I got to talk about here, this one is one of those all-important re-signings, and I, I just... I- I would be not surprised but just kind of dumbfounded if I see the Minnesota Vikings let edge rusher Daniel Hunter walk. I understand the number to keep him is probably going to be pretty high. Spotrac has it estimated at about 20 million per year, but in 2023, having a career season 83 tackles, 23 for a loss, 16 and a half sacks, 41 pressures This one seems like an absolute no-brainer to me, especially when it comes to guys on the defensive line. They tend to last a little bit longer. They can play into their early 30s and still be really effective. And letting Hunter walk... Is just not the answer. Not for this Vikings defense, in my opinion. Coming off that career year, you have to bring him back. You cannot let him walk and then go continue to do what he did throughout the basic, basically the majority of his time in Minnesota, elsewhere. There's no reason not to re sign him other than, oh, it's going to cost a lot of money. In the NFL, a multi billion dollar industry where we just saw the cap jump $30 million makes that far more feasible to bring back Daniel Hunter and also be able to retain and grab some other guys as well if i am minnesota 3 maybe 4 year deal if you want to really lock it up and push that cap number down which it's probably going to continue to balloon and that's something that i don't think a lot of people are realizing here the cap jumped 30 million this year it might jump another 30 hell even more next year there are a lot of dollars coming into the NFL with some of their TV deals they recently signed. And so if you're signing on a three or four-year deal and just kind of kicking that can down the road a little bit with a guy like Daniel Hunter, I think it's going to pay dividends in the long run for you. Keep Hunter in Minnesota. That's where I stand on that one. The second player I'm going to bring up here, and this one, probably not as high on the priority list as some other guys, but somebody that I do think is worth keeping around here, and that's going to be left guard Dalton Reisner. I have this AAV estimate, something along the lines of probably about 3 to $5 per year, give or take. In 2023, zero penalties. PFF, they have him listed for zero sacks allowed. A really good year for the guard as far as pass blocking is concerned. Now, he does have some struggles in the run game, and that is something... Thing that you have to consider when making this re-signing here, but he has expressed interest in wanting to stay in Minnesota, which leads me to believe that keeping him around for maybe another year or two is probably easier than it would be re-signing someone else. So with that in mind, if both sides do want to see this relationship continue, I think it's an easy lock. And again, at 3 to million per year, if it's a one, two-year deal, something like that, I think it makes a lot of sense to me. He fit the mold really well in Minnesota, and even if you do wind up re-signing him, say to that 3 to million million deal and then you ultimately draft somebody who maybe outplays him that just winds up being a more well-rounded player than he is whatever it may be you're not kicking yourself in the ass for signing a guy like Reisner on a three to five million dollar deal you know like you don't feel too bad about it the deal again is a one or two year deal you move on from him next year he winds up being really good depth the rest of the season like oh well you know a three to five million dollar one or two year deal seems very feasible to just keep continuity on the offensive line going forward. And then the third guy that I have highlighted here, this will be my last one for the re-signings, I am looking at the opposite side of the Neil Hunter, and that is going to be edge rusher DJ Wonham, who estimates I would probably put something along the lines of like 10 to $13 million per year, I think. When I look at him, he is like the Robin to the Batman that is Daniel Hunter and I think is very much worth keeping around for the stretch run remaining time that you have with Hunter on the roster. With 62 tackles, 7 tackles for a loss, 8 sacks and 21 pressures, I think he did an excellent job as a pairing with Hunter on the opposite end. They notched 24 and a half sacks and 62 pressures together. The real issue is not the edges. ...of this defensive line. It's honestly been just the lack of pressure you generate from the interior. So I feel like keeping these two guys around makes a lot of sense. Not to mention that you paid Marcus Davenport $13 million this past offseason on a one-year deal to come in and get beat out by Wonham. And maybe that was because you weren't quite sure what you were going to get out of him, but in a prove-it-year, gotta-get-it-done type of season... Wonham proved his value, and I think that you can kind of, you know, wash your hands of market as didn't end up working out, wasn't working out in New Orleans, and obviously didn't work out here in Minnesota. You keep the pairing of Hunter and Wonham around, and I think you have a really strong pass rush for the foreseeable future, and honestly, I think they just continue to flourish as a duo together, especially if you can improve the interior of the defensive line. Now, beyond the re-signing, some positional targets that I have in mind here for the Minnesota Vikings, as I just referenced here, I'll start it off the interior of the defensive line with all that talk that I had about the edges of that D line I do think the interior does need some work Harrison Phillips and Jonathan Bullard combined for only five sacks and 11 pressures now I will say it is worth mentioning that the Vikings were a top 10 unit against the run and that is something that's worth considering here when you decide whether or not to bring Bullard back because he is a free agent however I wouldn't be too shocked to see Bullard allowed to walk so that you could go bring in a guy on the interior that's a a little bit more effective when it comes to rushing the passer and getting to the quarterback and creating havoc inside the pocket. I think if you look at guys that could potentially be available, like an Adam Butler from Las Vegas or a Justin Jones from Chicago, these are guys that you're not going to have to break the bank to pay, but they're good guys that can generate pressure. They have five or six sacks per year average, something along those lines. Guys that can just get it done and, you know, collapse the pocket from the inside to help out your two edge rushers who are clearly working really well together. It's just a matter of how much more can we get from this defensive front to maybe help out the secondary that at times seems to be struggling against the pass, I think seeing something like that happen wouldn't be too surprising. The second position that I have on here, and this is one that I think is a really big question mark for Minnesota, and that's going to be the safety position here because everyone is still waiting on seeing whether Harrison Smith is going to opt to retire or not. That is something that has been talked about now for the last few seasons and is definitely something that needs to be considered this offseason. And whether he opts to stay or not, in my opinion, I think it is worth even considering grabbing a safety regardless. It seems like a lot of teams do run with three safeties these days anyways because you need versatility with guys that are big enough to stop the run and move up in the box, but also guys that can drop back and play in coverage if need be. So I don't really think it's a bad idea and unfortunately when you look at the situation with Lewis sign right now he's played 10 snaps since being drafted in 2022 10 snaps that is ridiculous for a guy that you took in the first round at number 32 it's an unfortunate situation but it is the reality of the situation now, that being said, this is a market to be in for safety. I will say that. I've said that about a handful of teams this year. If there was ever a year to need a safety and want to look at a guy that's young but talented and can still continue to grow in maybe your system, I look at this year as an opportunity to either do one of two things. If Harrison Smith winds up just deciding to retire right off into the sunset, that be it. You could opt to go for a veteran option guy, maybe someone like Micah Hyde to try to mitigate that loss for the season and continue to allow sign to maybe develop within your system, or maybe some of the other guys that you have on there as well, or maybe you opt to draft another guy as well. But a guy like Micah Hyde's not going to break the bank, and I do think it is somebody that maybe isn't like one-to-one per loss of Harrison Smith to addition with Micah Hyde, but it is somebody that is well-respected in the NFL as one of the better safeties and was in one of the better tandems in the NFL between him and Poyer. So it is something worth looking at. If you wanted to go younger, though, you do have guys who can play the position in a similar manner, like someone from Tennessee. Terrell Edmonds is a guy that you could potentially work with. P.J. Locke from Denver. While they might not be... Maybe as developed or as, you know, at the level that Harrison Smith has been at the last handful of years now as the veteran safety that he has been, they are younger, longer term options that can continue to work in your system in a similar manner that Harrison Smith has. And you need somebody that can literally line up anywhere because that's basically what Smith has done for the last eight nine years of his career the guy literally lines up up on the d-line in the box as a safety outback he could line up in quarter or in the slot if you need him to for a specific play whatever the matchup calls for so you want to look for guys that specifically kind of fit that mold and i think some of those guys i just mentioned are at least options worth looking at whether he does retire or not and if he doesn't retire you're probably looking at the younger options if he does retire maybe you open up the the gate a little bit more and look at some of the more veteran options to try to mitigate that loss as much as possible And then the third position and final that I have highlighted here, and this is one that I think definitely needs some work and consideration, is going to be the running back position. The Alexander-Madison experiment. I would say went about so so. Fumbles at really inopportune moments, and on top of that, 700 yards rushing on the season. I don't really think it's going to cut it for a lead back type of guy. And I do think that an upgrade to the running back room is necessary to make this room more competitive and try to get the absolute most out of it. Thankfully, Very stacked running back class this free agent period coming up, and there are a lot of guys that you could roll around the idea of. But there's someone that I really, really love the idea of that got an opportunity due to a situation last year and hit it out of the park. And that is going to be running back Zach Moss. I think he would be an excellent fit. He's a guy that can run the football, but he can also catch out of the backfield to be an effective receiver, and it's very clear to me that he deserves an opportunity to be a running back one somewhere. I know in, you know, fantasy land, As somebody who has rooted for the Colts in my life, it would be awesome to see Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor continue to do their thing in Indianapolis, but I just don't think that it's going to monetarily be able to work because I do think Zach Moss is in line for starting running back money. And I feel like in Minnesota, he could be a really effective guy. Other than that... If you wanted to swing a little bit heavier and spend a little bit more money, if you wanted to go instead of like committee or just, you know, like 60-40, 65-35 split between Moss and maybe Madison or somebody else, if you opt to move on from Madison, you could target guys like Josh Jacobs or Austin Eckler. I think Josh Jacobs could be had at a little bit more of an affordable price now that he came back down to earth this past season and had less of a productive year than he did the season prior. Or someone like Austin Eckler, who during his career has been very good, and at times I would consider one of the best running backs in the NFL, but within a season that he maybe didn't quite produce as he has in years past, you might be able to get him cheaper this year than you would had this been like one or two years ago. But again, that's just really coming down to how much do you want to spend on the running back room. You'll notice that I did not discuss Crick Cousins and whether I think the Vikings should keep him around or not, and... Part of the reason why I didn't discuss Kirk Cousins in this is because I really don't know what to make of the situation. Kirk Cousins has made it clear that he's not really looking to take a discount. He wants to maximize his earning potential, and he has done that through a bulk majority of his career once he started getting paid starter money. And I think he wants to continue doing that. And with my ideas of, you know, re-signing Daniil Hunter and probably paying Wonum as well, you're investing a lot of money on the defensive line. And I just feel like even with that jump in $30 million in cap space here... On top of all this, you have to worry about paying Justin Jefferson as well. I just don't know if there's enough money to go around to keep a decent portion of your team intact while still paying Kirk Cousins. It almost feels like a necessary evil in allowing Kirk Cousins to walk and going after a rookie quarterback in the draft and maybe signing a veteran, somebody who can at least solidify the mentor role for whoever that is or at least bridge the gap while that rookie quarterback gets themselves ready. That's kind of the way I'm anticipating things happening i would like to see Kirk cousins ultimately stay in minnesota i just i really like the pairing between the two ever since he first signed there i thought that was a really good match and honestly it has been but it just feels like monetarily with this with the situation of free agents that are coming up here it's either keep your quarterback and lose a decent amount of players or keep all the that group of guys that you could potentially be losing and you just have to kind of hit reset at quarterback. So it's one of those things where it's like a pick your poison and something tells me the money is saying it might wind up being Kirk Cousins in free agency. I could be completely wrong. Don't get me wrong. I could be absolutely wrong, but that's just kind of how I'm looking at that. And I feel like that was worth addressing here at the end for those of you that are wondering why maybe I didn't bring up Kirk Cousins to this point. So that's kind of my two cents on that. But let me know, Vikings fans, in the comment section down below. What are you guys thinking? What do you want to see from Minnesota? Who do you want to see them keep? Who do you think is worth going after? Where do you need to, what holes do you need to fill as far as the Vikings are concerned? What are your thoughts on the Kirk Cousins situation? What do you think happens there? I'd love to hear all of that and more. But that is it for me as always. If you took the time to reach the very end, I greatly appreciate it. I'll see you all next time. Have a good one.